0: Welcome to the Rail Market Update on the State of Freight Podcast brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Rail Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Rail and Intermodal, Todd Tranowski. As Todd presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading a PDF or PowerPoint version of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF is available now at www.ftrintel.com podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads of the rail market update, as well as the weekly trucking market update with Avery Vice and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the FTR State of Fit Rail Market Update Podcast. As always, I am your host, Todd Trenowski, the Vice President of Rail and Intermodal here at FTR. Thank you for joining us this week. It's hard to believe we celebrated Valentine's Day this week. We're already at the middle of February. Where did the first six weeks of the year go? Honestly, I'm not too sure where they went. But uh, all we have to do is look forward and continue to think about Uh, where we head. Hopefully, I'll see everybody in a couple of weeks uh, out on the road, either at the Southeast Association of Rail Shippers Conference or the Rail Equipment Finance Conference or some of the other big industry events that are coming up. Hopefully, we'd love to see you, love to shake your hand, talk to you a little bit uh, as we're out and about in these next few weeks. But let's, let's jump right in and let's talk about what we're here to talk about this week, which is the volume outlook, the volume outlook for uh, for the railroads. And the intermodal volumes, well, they're pretty flat. Have not moved a whole lot before the Lunar New Year lull sets in. They're really just hanging on, just sort of flat, just not doing a whole lot much of anything. On the carload side, there was definitely a sequential bounce back uh, from the declines that we saw a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but they didn't really uh, break any new ground. They just held really firm, really even with uh, where they had been running before the sharp decline two weeks ago. So it was good that they declined, but there wasn't really anything uh, anything new. There wasn't any true growth associated uh, with the bounce back. And importantly, as we look the numbers at a little bit deeper level, as you, you drill down, I know there were a lot of questions from people about what the effect would be on... Uh, particular carriers, particularly Norfolk Southern as we got through uh, their, their large derailment uh, earlier in the month where uh, their main line through, uh, through Ohio was uh, closed for several days, four days, five days, I forget the exact number. Uh, but that would have an, people thought that would have an effect on volumes. Well, we look at NS's volumes and they're pretty flat. There's not a whole lot of sign of much, much indication, much ill effect at all either on the intermodal or the carload side, which suggests that NS was uh, fairly efficient and fairly reasonably able to reroute that traffic uh, through across their network uh, and not really see any any impact at all uh, in terms of the overall throughput, the overall volume capacity uh, of its lines, which is, is rather amazing. If you had told me uh, that was going to be the outcome two weeks ago, uh, I would have lost a lot of money on that bet I would have expected to see a significant impact on NS's volumes, but not to be. So, let's, so let, let's zoom back out and let's talk about numbers at at a high level, at an overall level as an industry. At Intermodal, uh, we've sort of been riding the roller coaster here the last, call it, six weeks. We've been up and down and up and down and up and down. Well, we were up in the latest week, uh, but we were only back to uh, where we had been. Over the course of 2023, we really didn't get above that in any way, uh, shape, or form. We're still well off the five-year average. We're still uh, well off last year, almost 10% off last year, in fact. Uh, So intermodal, uh, yes, it bounced back sequentially. A wider view says that volumes are fairly flat, uh, not really moving at all, sort of stuck in neutral. And we expect that posture to continue as we go through Uh, the balance of the year, at least certainly for the first three quarters of the year, uh, if nothing else. Trailer weakness, it's still there. Uh, A lot of folks took a sequential step up in the last week. Trailers took a sequential step down in the latest week. Uh, We're right about 15,000 carloads a week. But again, just like overall intermodal and like a lot of the carload sectors I'm going to show you, uh, if you average this out over four weeks or five weeks, It'd really be a pretty flat number. There's not a whole lot of momentum in any any direction at all. We're just holding right around 15,000 carloads week. Now, in the trailer space, that's 30% below last year. Uh, it's a significant delta. It's more than that off relative to the five-year average. This is the second year in a row we've seen these sharp 20 30% year-over-year declines in the trailer market. It's something we're going to have to have to watch as we go forward if we take another decline in 2024, then there needs to be a conversation had about the long-term viability of the trailer market, whether there's enough density to support that business. But for the moment, uh, that certainly uh, is still the case. We're hovering right around 15,000 or so trailers a week. Container volumes, as you would expect, much like overall intermodal volumes, up and down on that roller coaster. We were up in the latest week, but that's Still, even though it's up, it's not a great result. It's essentially in line with where we have been, and we're down significantly compared to last year and to the five year average. Uh, So, a weakness all over the place in the intermodal sectors, uh, even as they sequentially took a tick up in the last week. uh, (coughs) Still, excuse me, still not a great overall result for the sector. Switching gears, talking about the carload markets, they definitely. Uh, Very much, you know, same song, second verse. Uh, We were up sequentially in most sectors. uh, But even though we were, we're still uh, at fairly weak levels. If you look at what happened in Carlo, uh, we bounced back. We essentially got back to where we were running earlier in 2023. Essentially up a little bit, ever so slightly, about a percent compared to last year. And a little bit less than that compared to our five-year average. So we're really just normalizing, if you will. We're really just getting back to a normal uh, segmentation, a normal uh, start to things in the carload market. We're really just hanging around very close to to our five-year average. The economically sensitive freight categories, which you know I spend, if you listen all the time, you know I spend a lot of time talking about, thinking about, uh, discussing. Uh, certainly we saw the same sort of strong sequential uptick. A little bit different sort from of overall carload, though. Uh, we, we went above where we had been uh, before the, the decline two weeks ago. Uh, we're up near our peak levels of 2023. Uh, that's up versus year, uh, last year. That's up versus the five year average. Uh, that's a good bounce back for economically sensitive freight. Uh, sometimes you'll hear economically sensitive freight referred to as uh, core carload freight. And what what we mean by that when we talk about economically sensitive freight. Uh, if you listen all the time, forgive me, but I do want to make sure we get this explanation out there for folks who might be listening for the first time. When we talk about economically sensitive freight, that means we exclude the coal, we exclude the agriculture, we exclude the petroleum. We look at just those sectors that are more closely and directly tied to the underlying economy. Things like metals, things like lumber, uh, those sorts of commodities. And so those are the things uh, <coughs> excuse me, that are in this number and then we'll ultimately be responsible for driving carload growth this year, next year, five years from now. These will be the sectors that will be driving, driving that growth. On the coal side of the house, a very typical carload pattern here. We bounced back, but we bounced back to where we had been running. So we didn't, we didn't grow. Uh, we're down a little bit from last year. We're basically dead on the five-year average number. That's essentially a quote-unquote normal market for coal. Uh, we're just sort of treading water right around 75 76,000 carloads a week. Again, not a lot of movement in any particular direction. As the year goes on, well, we would expect to see this number weaken, but it has not has not weakened as of yet. Grain volumes, uh, this is the outlier when it comes to carload sectors. Normally, you see a, bounce, a sequential uptick. We did not see that this week. We saw a sequential uh, move down again in the grain markets. So down below last year, for the first time in 2023, that we've moved below the 2022 result. We're still above the five-year average, so we're still above normal, still above average, if you will, Uh, but certainly uh, moving in the wrong direction from week two to now, that trend line uh, definitely moving down to the right, definitely uh, showing some weakness and some things to keep an eye on as we uh, go forward through the balance of certainly the first half of the year. I think the expectation is that grain will stabilize Uh, at some point here in the next several weeks, it has not happened yet. Chemicals traffic. If you're looking for a good news story in carload, we've had the second consecutive week of uh, sequential gains when it comes to chemicals volume. We're above the five-year average for the first time in 2023. Uh, We're still, though, below last year. We're not back to where we were running uh, this same time in 2022. So it's, again, glass half full, glass half empty. How do you want to uh, read the tea leaves. What is your persuasion? Are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Uh, personally, I'm a little skeptical. Uh, I'm looking at this number saying, given that we had had a weak fourth quarter in chemicals, given how we started the year in chemicals, I want to see some durability to this recovery before I say things are back, before I sing, say that chemicals have turned the corner and that we're I'm going to move back to growth. I think we need to see more more of an improvement than we've seen and it needs to be more durable than what we've seen. For the moment, I'm still I'm still a little weary of what this might mean for the overall economy. So, I'll watch this space as we go through the first quarter and the second quarter to see where chemicals actually shakes out. Petroleum products again another bright spot. We we bounced back sequentially and we bounced counter seasonally here if you look at that five-year average, it moves down. If you look at where we're going, that comes down in the first quarter historically. Uh, We are holding our own in this first quarter. We're holding our own right around 22,000 carloads a week. Last week, notwithstanding, uh, we're we're holding in pretty good at the high end of the range, a little bit above the high end of the range even from where we've been in the post-pandemic period, and we're above the five-year average. That's that's a good sign for petroleum products. How long can it stick around? Uh, personally, I'm not sure, but for the moment, it's a good news story, and we'll take it. Stone, sand, and gravel. It had had the down week last week, like a lot of commodities did, uh, but it bounced right on back. It bounced right back uh, to where it had been running in the weeks prior. It bounced right back, uh, well above last year, almost 15% above last year, in fact and it's above the five-year average by about that same amount, Stone Standard Gravel continues to be uh, a good news story for the college markets, and we continue to be so over the next few quarters. I was out last week, many of you know, uh, speaking to the Texas uh, Aggregates and Concrete Association out in College Station as part of their short course. Uh, the folks who are in this business are bullish on this business as you go through the next Several years, all the infrastructure money that's out there, uh, both at the federal level from the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, as well as at state level, uh, they expect this uh, this strong performance to continue to move forward and potentially even accelerate uh, if railroad service continues to improve, if there continues to be uh, gains there that, that give people confidence uh, to move their shipments by rail as opposed to truck. But this is a sector that is expected to continue to show strong gains as we go through the year. The other part of construction, lumber and wood. Uh, this is not great. Yes, we saw a little bit of a sequential uptick. We're still at a very low level. We're not back to the peak levels of 2023. We're well off last year, about eight percent off last year. Uh, we're below the five-year average, and this is a sector I've talked about it many times in this podcast. You're going to see pressure here until housing turns around. And the mortgage application data that came out this morning said that mortgage applications uh, are down. Mortgage demand is not back. That is going to continue to pressure this number uh, for most of 2023, we believe. We don't see a turnaround in lumber and wood happening as we go through the year. Pulp and paper, another big part of Forest Products, well, This continues to be a weak story. Now, normally you see weakness in this category in the first quarter. Uh, We have essentially seen uh, flat this quarter. A little bit of weakening from the peak a couple of weeks ago. But on the whole, if you average these numbers out, we're pretty flat for the first quarter. Uh, But we're flat at a weak level. Uh, We've sort of gone back and forth relative to last year, which was a very weak year for the pulp and paper markets. And so... The fact that we're sort of up and down and up and down and now back down again uh, and continuing to show weakness relative both to last year and the five-year average. Uh, There was a report out in the last couple of weeks, I referenced it I think last week's podcast about uh, box demand being at its its all-time low, it's a historical weakness. Uh, That's not a good sign for this number that says that pulp and paper volumes are going to have some work to do to get back to growth. And probably going to come under pressure for much of the year. Automotive volumes. Yes, they ticked up a little bit sequentially like most carload groups. If you average them out over the last four weeks, it'd be a pretty flat number. Right around 22 23,000 carloads a week. It's above last year. Uh, last year was a very weak year for automotive. It's above last year, but below the five-year average. Again, just sort of treading water, if you will. And here... Again, if you listened to uh, some of the other speaking engagements I've done, if you've listened to uh, the podcast, uh, you know that this is a sector where I think there's a little bit of downside risk, particularly as inventories build in the automotive sector, uh, that this could come, those high inventories could come back through the supply chain uh, later in the year and force production cuts and force volume cuts at the production end of automotive. We'll just have to wait and see on the whole it's just treading water to start uh, to start the year. So to wrap up, the intermodal weakness continues to be significant to start the year. There's no real change in that pattern, and uh, no real recovery as we get into the Lunar New Year lull. We would not expect to see that recovery uh, for several more weeks, probably well into March at this point. Carload volumes had a good sequential comparison from from uh, the week before last, but overall. They're really just treading water in most cases. They're really just holding flat with where they've been earlier in 2023 without any sort of uh, upward or, thankfully, downward momentum. And so they're sort of just holding their own, treading water, if you will, giving credence to that backdrop of a a, a slow growth economy, a slow growth GDP environment, a slow growth industrial production environment, a slowing a manufacturing environment just creeping along in carload about one half one percent growth, just not not moving much at all. And as I said in the east, uh, there was really no effect on the numbers from Norfolk Southern's Ohio derailment. It was really pretty, uh, pretty amazing when you think about it. The, the the magnitude of that incident, the magnitude of the operational impact. Uh, that the NS felt, and when you think about how that uh, how that looked going forward from a volume perspective, there was really no impact there. Uh, that is something uh, pretty amazing to behold when you think about it. And with that, I want to thank you for joining us this week. Feel free to to reach out if I can ever be of assistance. If we can ever talk about transportation, talk about what you're seeing in the marketplace. We literally get up in the morning to analyze these markets, talk about these markets. Love to hear what people are hearing in their businesses, seeing in their businesses. I love to have that discussion. Reach out anytime to myself or any member of the FTR team if you have questions about what you're hearing in the podcast, what you're seeing in the reports. Love to talk about it. Uh, reach out anytime. And with that, I hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you again next week. Uh, as always, I am your host, Todd Trenowski, the Vice President of Railway and Modal here at FTR. Uh, thank you and have a great week.
0: That's it for this week's Rail Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. The Rail Market Update will be published each week along with a downloadable PDF of the presentation. If you find this transportation intelligence useful, please take a moment to give us a positive rating on your podcast platform of choice and send us your feedback by email at podcast.ftrintel.com. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF of today's presentation by going to wwwftrintelcom podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888 988 1699 to find out which publications will best support your business.